Hello, citizens. Welcome to Did That Make Air, the locally famous podcast, at least in the two areas where we are coming to you from. Two, oh. S- two SC uh, media people, one Southern California, one South Carolina. He's Ed Barnes. I'm Brian Wilmer. Ed, welcome to Episode 3. Thank you. Uh, although when you say that I'm an SC media person, I have actually never covered an event involving University of Southern California. So, Well, no, but you're still in Southern California. so Yeah. I don't I don't care for USC that much though. So I I just kind of re- like resent the implication that I could root for them at all or cover them even. Well, I've just, <laughs> I've never covered a South Carolina media event either, but that's a whole other story we won't bore people with. Yeah, here. no, they're very friendly there. Their PR department's great. <laughs> if you want to reach the program, it's simple to do. DTMA podcast. Again, that's DTMA podcast at gmail.com. Also, at did that make air on Twitter? You can send us your Thoughts, comments, uh, rants, insults for me, whatever you feel like doing. Find videos of a guy trying to jump over a car and failing. Oh, yes, please. Love those. Please. Although the stuff afterwards where he's screaming, don't do it for the vine, that's pretty funny. Haven't heard that since a Jim Rome show in 96 or whatever. That's true, actually. That's that's something that, I don't know, if I was going to start some sort of new social media service where you get, you know, half a second in order to make a popular viral video because that's what our attention span has come down to. <laughs> six seconds. That's an eternity. You can do a lot with that. You know, 140 characters, six seconds. But you were saying now there's Instagram videos for 15 seconds, so right. maybe we're just overcorrecting back towards long-form videography now. I think the new Scorsese is probably starting with the Instagram videos, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And see what they're going to do. I, I don't remember who it was that did this, but there was somebody, I think – uh, like a half year ago or something, who went into a movie theater and was trying to catch 15-second Instagram videos of some movie that had just come out. They were going to piece them all together and upload them on, on some server somewhere. <laughs> that seems amazingly short-sighted. You do know that you don't have to stop recording with some programs. Well, yeah, but still, you're not revolutionary if you don't do 15-second snippets. It just seems like you're making it really hard on yourself. That's what it seems like. It's hard out there for for a uh, movie pirate. Yes, it is. That's that's what I hear. Some some good legal teams. That's what those studios have. <laughs> so uh, as you know, on this program, we do have the big question each week, and this week, we do. This is another one of those situations where we'll start off talking about one thing and probably end up drifting into something else semi-related. You had made a comment, and by the way, if you're not listening to Sports Matters or other program, you're missing all the corporate synergy that we have between the two programs. But right. You had started talking about something with uh, 1993 and the music from 1993, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I wanted to ask the question, and again, this is usually a rhetorical question, but we ask it anyway, why are we make, making such a big deal out of age anymore because if you look at athletes you know you talk about baseball players they reach their peak at 27 and you see football players that are 35 and they're already you know retired and on to their next next career and everything else why is age such a big deal to us not just in sport but in anywhere in society really anymore and we played into it on our last show sure when we started talking about music from 20 years ago and oh my god i can't believe that was 20 years ago (laughs) yeah rhythm as a dancer is 20 years old that's what that was yeah (laughs) So we played into it as well, thinking, gosh, that's so I can't believe that song came out so long ago. I feel old. Well, here's an example. You remember when we were kids and 
we would hear talk about 40-year-old women. And when you're, you know, eight, nine years old, your first thought is, wow, if somebody's 40, they have a foot in the grave already. You know, right. four, and 40 seems just miles away. And now, unfortunately, it's a little closer than it used to be. But now there's a story that came out about probably two hours ago as we taped this. It says, Playboy has anointed its 60th anniversary cover girl, supermodel Kate Moss, who turns 40 the month the issues uh, hits newsstands in January. So Kate Moss, you remember, you know, everybody uh, went nuts over Kate Moss for years, and then she kind of faded away from the public uh, spotlight, I guess. But now she's about to turn 40. She's going to be in Playboy. If you had said even 20 years ago somebody 40 would be in Playboy, you'd be wondering, you know, how they'd have to clean off the spider webs and everything. So now society's kind of changing their views a little bit, and maybe we've been wrong about this. Well, okay, first of all, I don't know if society is changing their views on this. I think that Playboy is going for someone who has name recognition to try to help sell their episode or their 60th anniversary issue of a magazine when people don't buy magazines anymore. Well, true. Right? Except for okay. people who use the bathroom a lot. Okay, but still, you can start getting <laughs> these onto your phone and or iPad. Yeah, right? but do you want to take a phone or an iPad into the bathroom? I mean, come on. That's a little Maybe much. Maybe I don't want to, but I also, you know, I need something to read. <laughs> it's boring. Anyway, I find it a correction in a different way from Playboy is they've chosen the smallest chested woman to ever appear in that magazine. Yeah, I that's think, fair to, enough, yeah. To be in their 60th anniversary issue. But I, th I think that – do you think fear of mortality plays into this, though, the, the fact that we always seem to be acknowledging uh, as we as we grow older that I am getting old – just as a, a nod to the fact that we know we're going to die and we're scared of it our entire lives. Yeah, I, th I think that's part of it. And I think, too, and I used to laugh about this. And, I, you know, if you ever ask anybody to whom I spoke years ago, I would laugh at them heartily about this. People always say you get more reflective as you get older. You start thinking more about, you know, your life and where it's gone and where you want it to go. And you start thinking about your childhood and music you used to listen to and all this kind of stuff. And I used to laugh about that, and now I find myself just sitting there at times, just kind of drifting back to what happened you know, 10, 15 years ago, and now I've become that exact same guy I laughed at, and I hate every damn second of it. It's an easy road to go down, isn't it? Uh, yeah, unfortunately too easy for me. I don't like doing that stuff. Well, uh, especially with the internet, though, and that's made it easier. Don't you remember the thing that we used to Yes. Yes, a lot of people do. That's why it's on YouTube right now. <laughs> and it's think about that though. You type in songs from 1993. We were talking about songs from 20 years ago, and immediately you get all kinds of results talking about what were the top songs for that year. And you can go through and say, "Oh God, yeah, I remember that." And you know, I remember hearing that song while I was doing this in high school, and blah blah blah. Next thing you know, you're just headed right down sentimental lane. Yeah, and of course, uh, some of the some of the songs that you end up seeing, you don't want to remember what you were doing when you no. remember those songs. I won't That's go true. Into more detail on that, but or that you liked the songs in the first place. Well, see, I'm okay with liking the song. I just I don't really want to remember what's associated the most with it. Really, you don't have any songs where you retroactively look back and just go, "Wait a second, I spent a lot of time listening to that song, and I think it's terrible now." Uh, well, I mean, there are probably a few. I, I don't know about right offhand. I'm sure there are some of them, but you know, with me, I think more. Now, when I look back, I think, what the hell was I doing when that song was playing instead of why the hell did I like that song? Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But, I mean, there have to be some other angles to this. I don't think we can simply say fear of mortality, yeah, you know, is the reason for this. But the other thing 
that I, you see people do a lot, which I find odd when it comes to age, is saying, well, you know, I'm 40 now. I can't be doing that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. Why? <laughs> so, so because you're older that you're now excluded and not allowed to act like a jackass anymore? Well, see, the thing is, though, as you get older, you're probably more entitled to act like an idiot because people don't expect it from you. But you also have to check yourself. You have to, you have to make sure that you pick your spots to go full-on moron. You can't just break it out at any time. You have to make sure that you're calculated, you're in the right spot to do it, you know, you're around the right people. You, you just can't act like an idiot all the time anymore. Well, I think that, and wherever the idea comes from, who knows where a lot of these things start, but the conventional wisdom of society when it comes to people and age, it usually revolves around a life schedule. Well, sure, of course. Right? Right. So if you're not married by a certain age, if you don't have kids by a certain age, or if you're doing it later than is the norm or earlier than the norm, people just start to freak out. Oh, my God, I can't believe that they're getting married at 18. I would say that the people getting married at 18 are dumb because I, I was 18 and I was really dumb. And now I'm only I'm slightly less dumb, now 33. <laughs> so that's great. It's been good progress for me. But – I am getting towards the area where people are starting to ask more questions about why are you not married, which I find, first of all, horribly offensive. It's none of your business. <laughs> it, oh, really? It's not your business why I am or am not married. Why do you care? But second of all, that's just because people expect, oh, you're 33. All right. That's about the time where you start settling down. I've heard that so many times in the last six months. This is about the time for you to start settling down. Why? Well, you hit on something perfect there. And let's let's transition into this line of thought because it ties into what we're talking about. There's there's all this societal norm stuff, using finger quotes, kind of going along with what you just said. The the societal expectations of people. You know, you should be married by such and such age. You should have kids by such and such age. And what it really is is people projecting their values and their thoughts and their schedule onto you. Therefore, it becomes a so-called societal norm. And if you don't live up to what people expect of themselves, then all of a sudden you're the one with the problem. People don't look inward. They look outward. While it's, I know it's going to take us in a whole other direction uh -oh. that couldn't lead us any better into that whole foods rant that you had. Ah, uh, yes. Whole foods. And, and so uh, we'll come back we'll finish up this age question as we go. But if you've listened to either of the prior two programs <laughs> or sports matters for that reason, you'll know that we don't go, in a straight line on this program. Uh, no, we don't. We, we go in blurred lines on this program, but anyway. Please don't say that. <laughs> there was a, uh, I guess a rant is a fair way to say it, in, uh, in HuffPo about Whole Foods. And we had talked about it on this program, and I felt it was only fair to share it with you and share it with our listeners because it is genius. And I know it's going to hit home with you, so I'm fully prepared to oh, yeah. allow for your reactions here. I'll have to edit some of this, too, as we go along, but whatever. It starts by saying Whole Foods is like Vegas. You go there to feel good, but you leave broke, disoriented, and with the newfound knowledge that you have a vaginal disease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's an interesting uh, kicker at the end there, but okay. It's a great start. Love it. Yeah. Uh, unlike Vegas, Whole Foods clientele are all about mindfulness and compassion until they get to the parking lot. Then it's war. As I pull up this morning, I see a pregnant lady on the crosswalk holding a baby in groceries. This driver swerves around her and honks. As he speeds off, I catch his bumper sticker, which says, Namaste. Poor lady didn't even hear him approaching because he was driving a Prius. He crept up on her like a panther. 
Okay. I do drive a Prius, and I have found that to happen a lot, by the way. People do not hear you coming at all. So when you're expecting someone to be moving for you, they don't. And that can lead to some confusing times, and you have to start just training yourself. Like, look, no one's going to start moving for you until you get within about a foot and a half. Those uh, those hamsters under the hood are quiet peddlers, aren't they? Right. Yes. Yes. You know, that actually makes me think of, it, of an episode of The Office. Uh, I think it was called The Duel, actually, where Ed Helms' character finds Rain Wilson's character in the parking lot and sneaks up on him driving a Prius, and he can't hear him coming. And uh, Oscar, one of the characters, says, uh, you know, he's driving a Prius, he deserves the win or something like that. And he ends up trapping Rain Wilson's character against a fence in his Prius, and he never hears him. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's see what she, uh, what she says from here on. As the great sliding glass doors part, I'm immediately smacked in the face by a wall of cool, moist air that smells of strawberries and orchids. I leave behind the concrete jungle and enter a cornucopia of organic bliss, the land of hemp milk and honey. Seriously, think about heaven and then think about Whole Foods. They're basically the same. <laughs> that's a, that's quite a leap considering how this article started. And... <laughs> The other thing that I, I, I feel like I need to get out of the way right now is that I try to go out of my way if I have to go to Whole Foods. And this is not an infrequent thing for me, as I've mentioned before right, on our right. various programs, that my girlfriend <laughs> cannot have gluten or dairy. So there are a lot of times where we're looking for substitute-type foods or specialty foods or things of that nature. You know, Forget about pasta or bread. <laughs> so instead, we end up at Whole Foods eating fake pasta and fake bread, which all of a sudden makes real pasta and real bread taste Fantastic. Hell yes, it does. Oh. <laughs> Never thought I'd take bread for granted. See, I still remember, I forget when it was, but it was sometime early in my formative years when a uh, genius by the name of John O'Neill, with whom I went to school, came to me. I'd never had fettuccine Alfredo in my life, and he came to me and said, what? he said, you have absolutely got to try fettuccine Alfredo. It's like grown-up mac and cheese. I, being the skeptical person I am, let probably two or three years go by before I tried it, and at that point, the first time I tried it, I wanted to go back in time and punch myself in the face for ignoring myself for so long. So how old were you when you first had fettuccine Alfredo? I was like 22, something oh, like that. gosh. Dude. Yeah, I know. I, mean, <laughs> how I, remember, I remember like dragging my dad over to the Italy you know, stereotype center, Disney World <laughs> Epcot Center, and uh, making him take me to the, the you know, supposedly original Alfredo restaurant or whatever that they had there <laughs> which was fantastic by the way right i just remember getting a a, a very it was it was a plate that kind of had the a dip right in the middle you know for the pasta and it seemed like this incredibly small serving that i could barely finish once i started eating it because it was so rich that's so the, the fact that you didn't of. have fettuccine on <laughs> fettuccine alfredo until your 20s kind of freaks me out but then again uh pasta was pretty much a food group for me um until i don't know Mid-twenties, I'd say. Yeah, see, that's the thing. When I played ball, I, I lived pretty much on pasta and sunflower and pumpkin seeds. That was about all I ever ate. And I still didn't get fettuccine Alfredo until whenever mm. that was. That's. Mm. I, I, I will pour out some Alfredo sauce next time. I have some just in commemoration of that. Something else, too. Alfredo sauce on a pizza. I would fight somebody for that right now. You not had it? Well, I guess oh, I working, at, working at a pizza place pretty much allowed me to try whatever I wanted. So... <laughs> Pesto sauce on a pizza, ranch dressing is your sauce. I, I've tried pretty much anything I can think of that doesn't involve onions and peppers. 
The uh, Some of the things in this story I may mispronounce, and if I do, you can feel free to uh, correct me because you have the proper douche to English dictionary there. But great. If I, uh, if I do trip up, let me know. It says, the first thing I see is the Great Wall of Kombucha. Uh, 42 different Kombucha? Yeah, that. Uh, ah. 42 different kinds of rotten tea. Fun fact, the word kombucha is Japanese for I jizzed in your tea. <laughs> Anyone who's ever swallowed the glob of mucus at the end of the bottle knows exactly what I'm talking about. I believe this thing is called the mother, which makes it that much creepier. That Okay, I know exactly what this person's <laughs> talking about. I've had kombucha before. Um, it's supposed to help in a probiotic sense with digestion. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. It actually has seemed to help when I've had it. But you can get different kinds. Okay, I know the one that the author is talking about, and then I also know the kind that I have that doesn't have that at the bottom, but seems to have the same effect. You can you can bother reading the labels a little and get around some of the badness. I, I was going to say, do you have some people who drink it and swallow it, and some people who drink and spit it? I mean, how's that work? I don't know, but that would be pretty amusing <laughs> if I walked out and saw someone just taking a swallow of it, and they just... <laughs> I like to rub this tea on my skin. It helps with my acne. <laughs> that that was an amazing leap that I just don't think I could really add anything to. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on from that. Uh, she says, next I see the gluten-free section filled with crackers and bread made from various wheat substitutes such as cardboard and sawdust. <laughs> but Very familiar with those. The next thing, I, I died the first time I read this. I usually don't read these things before we take them live, but I, I wanted to read this particular part. It says, I skipped this aisle because I'm not rich enough to have dietary restrictions. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's, it's well put. It is not uh, an inexpensive thing to try to work around gluten. It really isn't. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it says, ever notice that you don't meet poor people with special diet needs? That's, that's a great question. <laughs> that, that's a very interesting point. That really is. <laughs> she says a cab driver with, or sorry a gluten intolerant house cleaner a cab driver with candida candida is what i call a rich white person problem you know you've really made it in the world when you get candida my personal theory is that candida is something you get from too much hot yoga all i'm saying is if i were a yeast i would want to live in your yoga pants so many ways to go with that last comment <laughs> uh most of them completely inappropriate uh but wow, uh, making fun of hot yoga while talking about yeast. thats <laughs> This person's not afraid. I will give them that. No, no, no. And it gets uh, much, much better or worse, depending on how you, uh, how you want to take this. Next, I approach the beauty aisle, she says. There's a scary-looking machine there that you put your face inside of, and it tells you exactly how ugly you are. They calculate your wrinkles, sunspots, the size of your pores, etc., and compare it to other women your age. See if you put kombucha on your face, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, I wow, think that sounds like the Doctor Scholl's like custom <laughs> foot insert of the Whole Foods. That is the most disgusting damn thing in the world. I'm I'm not a total germaphobe. I mean, I I do have a little bit of germaphobe in me, but I'm I'm right. not that bad. But you go there and they have like these the same uh, cleaning cloths that you use for your. Uh, your handle for your shopping cart because everybody who handles shopping carts is a dirty disease infested monkey. You you can take those things and wipe them on the foot parts of the Dr. Scholl's thing. I about wretched the first time I saw that. I'm good. I don't need the orthotics that badly. <laughs> well, see my arches are just busted to all hell from spending years in baseball spikes. And I would imagine most people who, you know, played ball have that same problem, but still I don't need to stand on, you know, something that, 
probably 40 other people have stood on. It's bad enough when I walk in like a, you know, a shoe store or a Croc store at the beach, which is the only time I ever go to the Croc store because it's the beach. And you see people in there and they're grabbing like 40 pairs of sandals. They're taking off their own disgusting sandal and putting their sweaty foot in another shoe. And you're just like, really? Did I just have to see that? So even if you were wearing socks, you wouldn't be cool with the Dr. Scholl's thing. I've done, I've done that wearing socks before, but still, the thing is, people sweat through their socks unless they have decent socks. Okay. So, you know, you're still kind of... Uh... No, it's, I'm not saying it's awesome. I'm just saying, what's the... Is it... Is it a flat no, or so it sounds like you still have tried it? Well, it's it's like um, I I forget which comedian it was that said it. It might have been Daniel Tosh, but it was was saying that it's kind of like uh, picking up dog crap while while holding a plastic bag on your hand. You know it's there, but you don't feel it. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Fair enough. I, it's kind of the point with, with me, and this kind of blows me away when this happens. Are the people that wear sandals when they're going to be flying? Oh, because that dude. guarantees you that you're going to be walking barefoot through the TSA area. Oh. And this is not an uncommon thing. No. Have You've seen it. I'm I, sure I you've have. Seen it. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Living in a coastal state, you see people who live in sandals. I'm one of those, but I'm still got to, not going to wear those in an airport. I've worked with someone who wears sandals pretty much every day. Right. Pretty much every day. Now, sports TV production, not exactly the most formal industry in the world. Sure, sure. And especially when you're moving equipment around and whatnot or sitting inside of a big rig truck like you are for eight hours or more, comfort is pretty important. But he wears sandals pretty much every day. And he even said to me once, I don't see how people wear sandals when you have to take them off and walk through the TSA area barefoot. That's gross. I saw somebody in the airport, I forget where it was, but it was really early in the morning, and they were wearing sandals, and they did that. And as soon as they got through the uh, security checker and sat down with all their stuff, they took one of those Bath and Body Works bottles of sanitizer out of their bag and started smearing it on their feet. I almost threw up right there in front of them. If we're not careful, this could quickly get off the rails into just terrible things that people do while they travel, because Uh, I have a long, long, long list of them. Uh, that might need to be our next big question. Uh, that, that could easily be an entire show. Yeah, we, uh, we'll we we'll come back to that, so re- remind me of that. Uh, right. The, the woman in this story says, I think of myself as attractive, but as it turns out, I'm 78% ugly, meaning less pretty than 78% of women in the world. On the popular 1 to 10 hotness scale used by males the world over, that makes me a 3 if you round up, which I hope you will. A glance at the extremely close-up picture they took of my face, in which I somehow have a glorious blonde porn stash, tells me that three is about right, <laughs> especially because the left side of my face is apparently 20% more aged than the right. Fantastic. After contemplating ending it all here and now, I decide instead to buy their product, one bottle of delicious-smelling, silky-feeling cream that is maybe going to raise me from a three to a four for only $108, which is a pretty good deal when you think about it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I've got to wonder what the motivation is for this person to use the machine in the first place, other than knowing that she was going to write this article. That's probably what went into it. Because otherwise, why would you put yourself through that? Well, see, you and I both you know. You know it's not going to tell you that you're perfect. They're going to try to sell you something with it. Whichever company set the thing up is going to recommend a product to you at the end. You know that's that's how this works. Right, but see, you and I, we've we've done some silly things in, in you know under the guise of research for you know for various media projects, but this is probably another one of those. All right. Well, I mean, it gave her a good paragraph or two, so I guess it worked. 
Yeah, she uh, apparently moves on, says, uh, I grab a handful of peanut butter pretzels on my way out of this stupid aisle. I don't feel bad about pilfering them because of the umpteen times I've overpaid at the salad bar and been tricked into buying $108 beauty creams. The pretzels are very fattening, but I'm already in the 70th percentile of ugly, so who cares? Perfect. That's the right <laughs> attitude. It's like, screw it. If I'm going to be fat and ugly, I might as well just go all in on it. So here's the thing, though, and and I, if I remember right, they kind of bring this up later, but Whole Foods does not mean that everything sold there is healthy. Uh, no, no, no. I have no. had some of the most unhealthy things that I've ever had in my life and bought them at Whole Foods. The one that comes to mind is when I found some sort of, you know, little special high-end ice cream sandwich company that produced an ice cream sandwich that had chocolate chip cookies and it was uh, candied brown butter and bacon ice cream. Oh, that sounds awesome. It was amazing. Wow. It was also made me kind of sick afterwards. Well, I guess so. That sounds a little rich. It was. And it was purchased at Whole Foods. See, so I feel like that's a mixed message from Whole Foods. Yeah, see, I mean, I go to Trader Joe's out here, which is essentially the same thing. And uh, I one thing I get at Trader Joe's all the time, without fail, they have chocolate-coated sunflower seeds, and I get them because the good side of me says I'm eating good fats, and the bad side of me says these things taste like M&Ms, except not with as much ass. <laughs> well, you know, that way you don't have to support the talking candy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Some now, Fewer of those commercials would be fine. We know your product. Yeah, the pornographic ones are really disturbing. <laughs> your, <laughs> your girlfriend's so dumb, she can't even alphabetize M&Ms. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next, I come to the vitamin aisle, which is a danger zone for a broke hypochondriac. Warning, Whole Foods keeps their best people in this section. Although you think she's a homeless person at first, that vitamin clerk is an ex-pharmaceutical sales rep. Today Please she's... Not- yeah, just disregard the patchouli smell that you're getting. <laughs> this per- that's probably something that they, they mandate that they put on or something so they can come over and just, look, I'm worldly <laughs> and have been all over the place, including Tibet, maybe, to discover all of the natural and homeopathic remedies to everything that is going on in your life. So uh, <laughs> spend $9,000. How do you explain How do you explain the locks in the widespread panic t-shirt? Yeah, you know, I, I think that with Whole Foods, you're supposed to accept everyone, uh, even though we're learning about how you're not really accepted there anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the – you know, the other thing that's so strange about this is I actually feel like I go to a very friendly Whole Foods. Right. The, there are people there that I, – I go there once in a while, and there are people in, like, the deli section that will just be like, hey, Ed, how are you? What? <laughs> How I don't remember you at all, but how do you remember me when I'm here like twice a month, maybe, and I try to do it as quickly as possible and avoid going to a counter? I can see it now. Hey, uh, that's that guy who comes in here and buys stuff for other people, but it's too good to buy stuff for himself. Right, yes. He just buys himself a dessert. It's, it's like, how am I supposed to remember his name? Uh, let's see. Uh, I wish he was dead. Uh, dead rhymes with Ed. Oh, hey, Ed. How you doing? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, if he keeps eating like he will, he'll be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, I've discovered that everybody in Whole Foods and all these other places should wear T-shirts that say, I silently judge you. That way, at least I know what's up. Whole judging. <laughs> or a Whole Foods. Judge Foods. <laughs> 
I like a-hole foods. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to register that domain. Uh, okay. Of course, I need to register a domain for this show first, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> priorities. Uh, yeah. Today, she talks me into buying estrogen for my mystery mustache and women's acidophilus, acidophilus rather, because I apparently do have candida after all. She, apparently, uh, everyone has candida, by the way. Yeah. That's seemingly what people seem to – everyone's got that, apparently. <laughs> Whether it's real or not, I don't know. Speaking of old, so did Tony Orlando and Dawn. Oh. Google that sometime. That's They're awesome. That's a real old bomb on you. Um, yes, yeah, so the knock three times going into the doctor's <laughs> office. Hey, oh. Hi. <laughs> Big reference. Tony Orlando and Dodd plays huge these days. <laughs> Tie a yellow tourniquet around my arm. Um, <laughs> I move on to the next aisle and ask the nearest Whole Foods clerk for help. He's wearing a visor inside, and as if that weren't douchey enough, it has one word on it in all caps. Yep, namaste. I ask him where I can find whole wheat bread. He chuckles at me, oh, we keep the poison in aisle seven. Based solely on the attitudes of people sporting namaste paraphernalia today, I'd think it was Sanskrit for go F yourself. That's well put. Uh, the fact that he would <laughs> refer to it as poison to you is, is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, a real, uh, that's a real a-hole move right there. Now, the thing that I thought was interesting to compare and contrast my experience with this person's experience is that when I bought the aforementioned ice cream sandwich that was so delicious... The person at the checkout counter started talking to me about how delicious it was. Okay, so that means they've sampled the product. That's that's good. The person rigging me up was, hey, look, you're having a gluten-filled, sugary, <laughs> sweet, something that doesn't involve kale, and I actually am going to say that I like it a lot. I just I feel like I'm going to a different place almost, but I know what the author's saying at the same time. Well, see, the thing is, though, I think that reveals a truth about people. You see people all the time that, you know, post pictures of their workout on Facebook and they, they do the whole, you know, track my run stuff on Facebook where you can see how long they ran and where they ran and all that stuff. But deep, deep down inside, every single human being walking this earth is whether they're, you know, hidden about it or whether they're out about it. Every single person is a fat bastard deep down below. Fair. I think that's absolutely fair. And in a lot of cases, the people that are in better shape just have genetics that allows them to be. Well, yeah. I guarantee you there are people working out less than I am who probably look like they're in far, far, far better shape. Yeah, I'd say so. Like the uh, the guy who ate, you know, a thousand Big Macs or whatever it was and weighed 165 at six foot. 165? Ugh. Anyway, we hate him. Uh, continuing, yeah. I uh, I pass the table where the guy invites me to join a group cleanse he's leading. This is another thing uh, right up Ed's alley. Uh, for one seventy nine ninety nine, I cannot eat, not alone, not going to happen. They're doing the cleanse where you consume nothing but lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and fiber pills for 10 days. What's that one called again? Oh, yeah, anorexia. I, w <laughs> I went on a cleanse once. It was a mixed blessing. On, on the one hand, I detoxified, I purified, I lost weight. On the other hand, I fell asleep on the highway, fantasized about eating a pigeon, and crapped my pants. I think I'll stick with the whole eating thing. Fair enough. I, I actually have done a cleanse before in my life. Uh, there were no restrictions on amounts you could eat, though, and you actually did eat food. But it was cutting out you know, meat and, and uh, gluten and sugar and stuff for a couple weeks. And it was a total pain in the backside. It really was... You want real food in the worst way. Uh, however, I will say that by the time I got to the middle of the second week, um, I was feeling a lot less day-to-day -day pain. And as someone who's had 
you know, three shoulder surgeries. There's a fair amount of that. And my sleep got noticeably better. However, as soon as I reached the end of the two weeks, I was very anxious to start boozing again and retoxing, as I called it. <laughs> so let's just sum this up for those of you who are listening to this program, just to show you the differences in the two of us. Uh, Ed uses a Mac. He uh, he drives a Prius and he's had a cleanse. Meanwhile, I have two PCs sitting in front of me. I drive an SUV and I had macaroni and cheese earlier. So uh, judge away all you wish on either side. I, I don't know. I think if we could just further these stereotypes for our coasts that we live on, uh, you know, I think that's just doing everyone a great service. Look, stick to what we know, guys. <laughs> Don't exactly. switch this around and make the guy in California the one with a SUV eating macaroni and cheese all the time. We need to make him the tree hugger. <laughs> now, the thing is, though, is 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 I, I feel like I'm not that guy, even though the evidence is mounting against me. I just don't <laughs> feel like I'm that guy. See, what you need, you need some fat back and some Robert Johnson records and something to actually make you into a man again. That's that's what needs to happen. What about pork belly? Does pork belly count? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll allow that. It was something that was actually very funny. I went out to a place recently to eat with with my lady friend and uh, ordered pork belly. And the waitress looked at me and said, "You know, that's a little bit. You know, it's probably a little bit more than fifty percent fat, right?" And I, I had ordered it, and my friend had, John had ordered it as well. And we both looked at up at her. Uh, yes, that's why we ordered it. Thank exactly. You very much. Thank Could you. you please just go bring us our food <laughs> and another cocktail? Thank you. <laughs> uh, so. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid to go with the heavy meats and whatnot. Um, I do feel bad, though, for my girlfriend, and she doesn't eat this way because she wants to. She does feel noticeably worse. Like if she ate a lot of dairy, usually that would mean that she was balled up on the bed or, you know, her stomach would be upset enough that she would be spending time kneeling in front of a toilet for the rest of the evening. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a very real thing just because I've seen the aftermath of it. Sure. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating for her. Well, of course. And th- see, that's fair. And, and I understand, you know, for health restrictions and those kinds of things and wanting to, uh, you know, be kind to those with health restrictions. However, there are people, and I've, I've seen this all over the place. I saw it in a grocery store the other night, of all things. There's a sticker in there saying, uh, please be advised, gluten-free is a lifestyle, not a diet. Okay. And there are people now apparently going gluten-free who have no gluten allergies or anything. They're just going gluten-free because they think that people lose weight doing it. I, I don't know about people losing weight because of it. I, I've heard theories talking about how you know gluten can lead to more inflammation in the body, and that can be bad. But again, I'm no healthcare expert. Please don't take anything I say as gospel on this. This is just probably something I heard in the background while I was trying to figure out what tight end to pick up in week 14 in my fantasy football season. So... So, Take it for what you will. Is this like me giving gambling advice on the other shows? Is that what that comes down to? Really, if you're listening to anything we're saying uh, and expecting more than to get an occasional chuckle, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. I feel like we, we you know, we want to set the bar low here, <laughs> well, right? We, if we set the expectations low, occasionally we make something, you know, halfway intelligent uh, come out of our mouths, and it seems like it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, see, our goal on this program is for you to listen to it, and after you press stop or after the recording runs out or whatever else, is to make you say, you know, that wasn't the worst thing I've ever listened to. You know, it's like we want you to think these guys are not the Cleveland Browns of podcasting. It's not like listening to Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith for an hour. Right. All of those things would be perfectly acceptable to us. (laughs) 
What's I up? promise I am not trading someone who might actually be really good for a first round pick anytime soon. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> What's no, I, can't, I, I can't wait until next week for the sports show to just shake my head a little bit more at the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll uh, I'll continue my, making my jokes, but I'll do so in private so I don't offend okay. anybody's sensibilities. As uh, for some reason, a plane is flying over the studio here. That's weird. Ooh, I uh, I live within the flight path of the Charlotte International Airport, despite living in South Carolina. Good times. Yeah. Uh, it's not like San Diego, where the planes literally are flying close enough that you could throw a baseball from, like, the you know roof of a house and just hit a plane. Well, see, though, the thing there, you have to fly in and then just basically go straight down. And when you leave, yeah. you have to fly out and basically fly straight up. It's kind of like flying out of Orange County. Good times. Freaks people out if they've never flown into the airport before, too. Especially kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Flying back on a commercial flight with a family that's coming out to San Diego from, you know, on vacation from, I don't know, wherever. And you will start to hear kids going, why are we so close to the houses? Why are we so Why are we so close to the house? Dad, dad, why are we so close to houses? And then the dad has to try and collect himself because he's wondering the same thing. And try to calmly explain to the kids that it's fine and the pilot's a professional or something like that. And I've heard that happen two or three times, and it's pretty amusing. Well, see, the the other, I guess, uh, what's what's a good way to say that? The, the other coastal difference to that, if you fly into Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, they actually take you into the south part of the beach and fly over the ocean, and the plane turns on its side, and you look as though you're going to fly into the ocean, and people, you know, immediately, oh my god, we're going to fly into the water, and just start panicking and everything, and then they, you know, kind of lower you down, take you along the beach, and then turn so that you can land at the runway, you know, just inland from the beach, but that's that's another one of those things where people immediately, if they've never flown there, they start to panic within seconds. Perfect. Perfect. How could anything go wrong? Yeah, see, that's what you want out of a good commercial airline, is to scare the hell out of you. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's the way to do it. Just scare people. Let's uh, let's see where we left our heroine here. Uh, I grab a couple of loaves of poison and I head to checkout. The fact that I'm at Whole Foods on a Sunday finally sinks in when I join the end of the line halfway down the dog food aisle. I suddenly realize I'm dying to get out of this store. Maybe it's the lonely feeling of being a carnivore in a sea of vegans or the newfound knowledge that some people's dogs eat better than I do, but mostly I think it's the fact that Yanni has been playing literally this entire time. Like sensory deprivation, listening to Yanni seems harmless at first, enjoyable even, but two hours in you'll chew your ear off to make it stop. <laughs> Fair enough about listening to Yanni. I, I've not heard that played at the, the local Whole Foods as they've had a more rockin' soundtrack there, I think. Although i got to be honest with you, Unless I actively hate the song that's being played, I'm really able to tune out music almost anywhere now. So what, they don't put the Mumford & Sons Pandora channel on in there anymore? That might be... the That would still be more rockin' than Yanni. Well, yeah, but I mean, still, it's it's some, you know, bunch of douchey, pretentious, hipster, you know, D-bags up there playing a banjo, trying to act like they're some kind of alt-rock band. Screw everybody. <laughs> Screw them all. So basically... Even though we haven't reached the end of the article and it's not time to wrap it up no, at all, no. Brian Wilmer's grocery store would be the equivalent of Dennis Leary's bar. Uh, essentially, yeah. Where it's nothing but Rolling Stones being played on the jukebox. They have a metal <laughs> detector to get any guys who have pierced their junk, and they serve nothing but whiskey and beer and donuts and steak uh, and play stones. That's that's pretty much it. Turn up the stones. Yeah. <laughs> well, except so is that. Are you on board with that? Or? Yeah, except for the whole beer and whiskey thing. But then again, I could serve it, but not drink it. Sure, you just make it. You'd make, 
you make good money on that. Yeah, and see, you know, I'd, I'd just keep a stash of Coke Zero behind the, uh, behind the bar or something. I'd be all good. Can, just on a quick side question, how many defibrillators would you have to keep at said bar? Uh, well, <laughs> probably three, because I'm, I'm going to imagine, you know, bad things happen in threes. Right. So three is probably a good number. Okay. <laughs> so I, I must hear the conclusion here to our friend at Whole Foods who's uh, struggling so badly through their trip. I, I just also have not interacted with this many. I, I will actively try to avoid interacting with anyone. Oh, see, that's another at thing. All when I go to the supermarket, I am wearing headphones and listening to music now or podcasts or anything else that basically is trying to tell anyone, no, I don't need your help. I've got it. That's another thing. I keep seeing and hearing all these people who are just like, how dare you? And they like, they have like this hiss in their voice. They're like, how dare you go to an automated checker? You're taking somebody's job away from them. You're hurting their ability to feed their family. I'm like, look, screw you. First of all, they're going to get a job somewhere else in the store. Second of all, I don't have to talk to anybody if I go to one of those things. I can just put my stuff down, pay for my stuff, and get the hell out. I don't have to deal with little miss incompetent 18-year-old who's got 15 piercings, 14 tattoos, and 13 kids, all right? So just let me pay for my stuff in peace, do it by myself, and get out of your godforsaken store. People really give you a hard time. Yes, about they you. do. Yes, they do. And it I've drives never got, me nuts. I've never gotten that, and I've gotten proficient enough at the local grocery store's express checkout lane that I will go there pretty much every time now, unless I need to do something like buy a refill of propane. <laughs> Literally, I, well, and I think that the last time I did it, I even went to the express, the, the self-checkout thing, and said to the one person that they have watching, and I need to add on some propane, thanks. We can't let you buy flammable liquids at a self-checker. No, they did it. <laughs> they did it, and then I walked out there with one of the courtesy clerks, as they're called now, because they couldn't just be, they don't just do bags anymore. They oh, do yeah. propane. So then I walk outside and I exchange my canister, and there you go. But anything that I could do to avoid talking to a person, I'm all for. Absolutely. Um, just like my terrible customer service I received the other day trying to set up Internet for my, my place where I'm moving to. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, see, the other thing, too, about self-checkers is the, the awesome moments of shame you get to see while a teenage dude buys rubbers or a teenage chick buys a pregnancy test. You know, they just kind of shuffle up there with their head really low and they're, they're pressing stuff against them so you can't see it. And they run the thing over the thing as quickly as they can get it. And then, you know, God forbid there's some kind of uh, approval needed or a price check that's, you know, that comes up mm, or something like that. That's a tough break. Yeah, that's, that's a hang with them. That's a tough thing in the big leagues right there. The thing is, is I, I would say that you need to act natural doing that. The more you, you try to hide, the more that people are going to notice that you're acting weird. Well, yeah, but see, the thing is... So, just because you bought your requisite five other items to try to conceal the one box that you're trying to hide, it's not going to work. You know that, right? Yeah, exactly. And see, that's the thing. If you're going to buy something like that, you buy like a laundry basket or something in the same trip so that you can hide your pregnancy test or condoms or laxative or whatever it is you want to you know, keep people from seeing you're buying, you just put it in a basket and put some stuff over it. Now, since I've never had a reason to purchase a pregnancy test for any reason, you know, for some girl, <laughs> no, um, I. I do not know if this is the case. But do you think that that's one of the items that ever goes on, like, the, the three for $10 special? Actually, this... That seems terrible. 
this is hilarious. If you ever go in Walmart, they have this big-ass circular 88-cent bin at the front of the store. You walk in there, and I kid you not, they have laxatives in there for 88 cents. They have enemas for 88 cents. They have douche for 88 cents, and they have pregnancy tests for 88 cents, among other things. I just don't know how much I trust an 88 cent pregnancy test. <laughs> That's one of those things where you pee on it and it comes back and shows shows an image of somebody shrugging and goes, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> try back later. <laughs> Reply hazy. Yeah. Try again. <laughs> yeah. Why do I just see? A, why do I just see it more being something like I just smoked a J? I'm gonna go get a cheeseburger and then we'll get on this. <laughs> the the pregnancy eight ball. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let me finish my Oreo shake, and then I'll try to find out for you. Um, but no, seriously, we, we, we need to finish up this Whole Foods article because I, I see that we're already starting to run short on time, and we haven't gotten through half the stuff we want to Yeah, we, we do. But uh, a thousand minutes later, I get to the cashier. She's 95% beautiful. Have you brought your reusable bags? F. I had to edit that, of course. No, mm. no they're at home with their two dozen once-used friends. She rings right. up my meat, alcohol, gluten, and a wrapper from the chocolate bar I ate in line with thinly veiled alarm. She scans my lady's acidophilus, gives me a pitying frown, and whispers, you know, if you want to get rid of your candida, you should stop feeding it. What a bitch. <laughs> she, uh, she, <laughs> Seriously. She, uh, she rings me up for $313. I resist the urge to unwrap and swallow another $6 truffle in protest. Barely. Instead, I reach for my wallet, flash her a quiet smile, and say, namaste. Does anyone actually know what Namaste means? I um, didn't bother looking it up. Is is it a <laughs> is is it D bag in Latin? Is that what that is? Well, according to Wikipedia, which of course must be accurate, of course, as we've always said, uh, it's a common spoken valediction or salutation originating in the Indian subcontinent. It is a customary greeting when individuals meet and a valediction upon their parting. A non-contact form of salutation is traditionally preferred in India and Nepal. Namaste is the most common form of such a salutation. When spoken to another person, it is commonly accompanied by a slight bow made with hands pressed together, palms touching, and fingers pointed upward from the chest. So it's the Indian aloha, basically. There you go. Uh, I don't know if <laughs> Indians or Hawaiians should be offended, which is perfect. And that's really what we're striving for on this show. Just confusing enough. <laughs> Both. I hope they okay. are offended. Good. No, I'm I'm kidding. I love you all. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. I I wanted to comment on one other thing about this Kate Moss thing before we move on because oh, I boy. realized I'd forgotten about it. <laughs> it says Moss, of course, is no stranger to shucking her skivvies. Say that ten times fast for the camera. But the choice is noteworthy for a title typically associated with curvier women, from Marilyn Monroe to Pamela Anderson, yet not typically associated or typically also associated with women who are airbrushed to look like they're 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> geez, that, that was really not what I was expecting. But what I, what I wanted to say earlier and couldn't remember all of a sudden is I realized I'd heard something about Marilyn Monroe I wanted to share and couldn't remember that. Okay. Shucking your skivvies. Who writes this stuff? The copy for TMZ or entertainment gossip type columns is so bad. Uh, yeah. See, it is exactly what you would think of it. Hey, write me the most hacky thing you can think of. Here you go. <laughs> Shucking her skivvies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Moss is, quote, a worldwide celebrity and iconic and crosses the boundaries from sexual imagery to upscale modeling, unquote, Hugh Hefner told the Los Angeles Times. Wow. So basically well, she's like, uh, you know, meth chic. Is that what that is? Um, I think that she needs to spend more time in, in a certain section of Whole Foods with ice cream sandwiches. Uh, hell yes. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's okay to eat a little. Uh, yeah. Um, the thing I finally found it, there was a tweet that I saw. Um, I think I saw it today, but I'm sure it's been around for a while where it says Marilyn Monroe had three divorces, blew the president and died choking on her own vomit. But go ahead and keep quoting her, ladies. <laughs> yeah, uh, women have strange heroes, man. That's yes, I, I, just, I, just, I just don't work at Whole Foods. So we were talking about the top 30 chart from September 18th of 1993, and you were talking about how old you felt. Uh, I'm going to give you two options here. We can either go through every song on here and get your reaction to them, which there's only 30. It shouldn't take too long. Or I can just break out the most embarrassing ones of any of the 30. Well, I think the most embarrassing uh, is really uh, – I mean, what was the number one song, though? So uh, well, we can just start at the top. I mean, everyone will know it. You, you, don't, you don't want me to start at 30 and go up? Okay. See, you're a radio professional. I'm just some guy who tells <laughs> bad jokes. <laughs> Coming in this you, week at number 30, up two spots from last week. <laughs> which was? Tears for Fears, Break It Down Again. <laughs> that was 1993? Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. I thought that was earlier. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jeanne's Hey Mr. DJ was number 29. I have a promotional kit from their first CD, pronounced Jeanne. I still have it. Literally, as, ser as seriously as I'm sitting here, I still have it. I don't know if uh, – how do you feel about that saying that on, you know, whatever you consider a podcast? Uh, well, I mean, I also have a, um, you know, promotional kit from R. Kelly's 12 play, so I can't really say anything too negative. Well, see, but I think that that could be more interesting because I think that the R. Kelly promotional kit would provide some items that you wouldn't expect in a normal promotional kit. I don't know, maybe a poncho or something. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't open it and get a free urine sample. What are you talking about? <laughs> Twelve play ponchos. By the way, that reminds me. Somebody posted on Facebook earlier today uh, about, hey, uh, smokers, think you need another reason to quit? <laughs> Smokes, uh, smoking cigarettes exposes you to urea, which is found in cat pee. And I'm just like, thanks, Truth.com commercial from 18 months ago. Right. Right. We, we've seen all of these. Yeah. The Truth.com stuff is out there. And, uh, you know, here's the thing that happens with movements like that that just gets so frustrating. I am not a smoker. I have not smoked a cigarette in my life, literally. Nor have I. I am fine with it. I don't feel like I'm missing anything, you know. So when I see those commercials, is there a way that I don't have to see the commercials? And I'm sure that that's selfish, but is there a way that you could just say, look, I'm not a smoker. I don't really need to be seeing these commercials anymore. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We we're, we keep clamoring for a la carte TV. We should be able to have a la carte commercials with stuff that's actually devoted toward what we do and what we like. Because some commercials might actually be interesting or, you know. The thing is, mainly, is I'm to avoid commercials at all costs. That's what it really comes down to. Right. But when I have to see the fake dog crap go into that test tube, that's gross. <laughs> and see, the bad thing is they totally bit off of a Tosh.0 bit, too, where he uh, he invents the high toilet, which uh, that's a whole other thing. But he, <laughs> Okay. I'll, uh, I'll talk about that later. Uh, another thing on this chart 
Radiohead's Creep, which seems to go completely against everything Radiohead wanted to be. They wanted to be like this, you know, indie band that people liked, but they weren't, you know, overly popular, kind of like Nirvana ended up, where Nirvana, Kurt Cobain didn't want to be popular and basically collapsed in on himself from celebrity. Uh, Tom York kind of did the same thing, don't you think? I mean, not to the same level as Cobain, obviously. I, don't well, I mean, that still, but you take that song and then you look at the rest of the stuff that they've done musically. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even sound like the same band. Yeah, it's it's no paranoid Android. It's no uh, nice dream or any of that stuff. But so I see what you, I mean, especially musically, it just seems like such a, a you know departure when you look back at you know you, I mean you're able to take in their entire catalog like this and say, all right, well, they had this song that was very popular, and then they moved in a completely different direction. A lot of people sure seem to like it. It was kind of hit or miss for me. <laughs> I celebrate the band's entire catalog. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else is on here? The uh, song that all of us grew to hate because of Night at the Roxbury, Hathaway's What is Love, is on this chart. I think that's a song chiropractors appreciate, though, because it probably <laughs> caused a lot of people to screw up their necks. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. Um Madonna's Rain is on this chart. Why? Uh, I don't know. It's past 1985. She's not was relevant. Was she bullfighting in this one, or was that another song? <laughs> I, don't, I can't keep her song straight. Was she dancing in front of a burning cross? Was she? Was she <laughs> trying to save a South American country in this one? <laughs> was she? Was she begging to Danny Aiello to let her keep her kid? I don't know. <laughs> um, there are two... Was she doing a sex book with Cool Modi or whatever rapper <laughs> Big Daddy Kane, whoever was in it? I don't know. <laughs> You know they rented that at a video store that we went to? They did. It was a store called Videola. And I remember going in there when that book first came out. And, you know, we went there all the time to rent movies. And sure enough, up front, it talked about how Madonna's sex book was available for rent. Oh, my God. Madonna had cool mode in his... It was Big Daddy Kane, wasn't it? Bismarcky, whatever. One of those rappers. I can't... Three names and... I don't know. <laughs> she looks like one of those rap guys' girlfriend. Um, yeah, she doesn't. She <laughs> looks like freaking exoskeleton <laughs> these days. There are two Janet Jackson songs on this chart. Uh, one of them is not the one to which I'm going to refer, but if you ever want an interesting uh, bit on the evolution of Janet Jackson's career, go back and listen to the song Let's Wait a While from her one of her first <laughs> records, and then listen to Anytime, Anyplace immediately after it. It's basically like... I'm not going to bang you for 25 years to I'm not going to bang you for 25 seconds. That's essentially the evolution of Janet Jackson's career. Well, you know, Brian, I just would like to point out that from what I've read, a woman reaches her sexual peak at a later time in her life. So I think this just reflects the natural evolution. Well, yeah, but it wasn't as though she was 46 when she recorded that CD or something. I mean, maybe. No, wasn't she in her 30s, which is when a woman reaches her supposed sexual peak? I think she was like 28 or 9. I could be wrong. Really? I don't know. Uh, I just... Who cares? We're not, we're not about accuracy on this show. Nope. Um, That's not important. <laughs> uh, Rod Stewart's Reason to Believe was on the chart. Rod Stewart still making semi-popular music in 1993. Uh, yeah. Now, that was somebody who was old in 1993. He was, what, 217, something like that? Ever since I heard that story of uh, – it was on another podcast where there was a comedian whose mom loved Rod Stewart, and they were over in London and saw Rod Stewart. They were shopping at a, a store, and they Rod Stewart had, had – you know they were going to shut down the entire floor of this store for him. So this, this guy's mom was like the biggest fan of Rod Stewart, and he goes over to just very politely, like, look, would you just mind taking a picture? And before he could even get his request out, Rod Stewart just yelled no and kept walking <laughs> And he said he now hates Rod Stewart with a passion because of it. And I don't blame him. 
Well, see, the thing is, though, Rod Stewart is proving what most males think. And I hate to say this, but what most males think, and that is, unless you can have sex with me or better my career, I have no use for you. So the fact he was asking for his mom is what did it? Is that like so? Oh, oh, oh! Your mom is. Yeah, I'm not going to do that to your mom. So, nope. I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> is it, it, see, it all comes back to the age thing again, Brian. Yeah, it's like the uh, the joke on whatever uh, roast that was. One of the many where um, your your career dried up faster than Sarah Silverman's genitals around somebody who couldn't advance her career or something like that. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's there's that. Um, Let's see. What else do we have here on this chart? We have uh, Tag Team's Whoop. There it is, a uh, musical classic. Still getting plenty of run in stadiums all over the place. By the way, for some, speaking as somebody who uh, works in radio, there is an unedited version of that song, and uh, it's been played by one of the people on this program without realizing it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there's, there's some, uh, some F-bombs in the unedited one of that. Oh, they start to get a little gangsta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just the thought of them being gangsters is hilarious. Yes. Um, Inner Circle's Sweat is on that list. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't license that out to a, uh, a show where criminals get beaten within an inch of their lives. So didn't I was going to say, I, I had no idea that anyone had ever listened to one of their other songs. <laughs> well, the bad thing is the title is basically the lyrics to the entire song. That's not a good start when it comes to describing <laughs> a song. Um, the, the last song that Will Smith had before he sold out and became Will Smith and and, uh, you know, abandoned his auntie and uncle in Bel Air, uh, Boom Shake the Room, which sold about 10 copies. I thought it was going to be like the, the terrible Ring My Bell. Oh, dude, seriously. Uh, Cypress Hill's Insane of the Brains on this list. I'm, I'm good with that. Good with that, yes. The, uh, I've seen Cypress Hill in concert, and it's still uh, they're still great. I still wish. I forget where the hell I had it, and I feel so bad about this. I used to have an Insane in the Brain remix. It was like a seven-minute remix, and there's an instrumental piece in the middle of it with Beavis and Butthead in the middle of it. I, I would give anything to have that back. How, how, have, you, have you tried Google? Uh, I have, and I can't find it. Really? Okay. Yeah. See, I, I just thought that you, for some reason, had not decided to look through the interwebs, which usually <laughs> seem to have everything. Yeah, the uh, the series of tubes kind of let me yes. down. Um, mm. Let's see. Uh, the the epic opus, uh, Gin Blossom's Hey Jealousy, is on this list. Is there a, a band that just kind of sums up 90s music, like the Gin Blossom's? Just always kind of like wistful, rocky-ish stuff. We don't want to get too crazy, but we want to make sure to share our feelings. Yeah, that um, actually goes with the uh, the genre of music called frat rock that was popular back then. You know, these sister Hazels and uh, eventually Hootie and the Blowfish, unfortunately, and et cetera, et cetera. The safe rock. It was yeah, it's very safe. It's 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 one of those things where. <clears throat> The way I determine the music that I'm going to listen to when I work out is just something that's going to give me energy. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how I pick music in a lot of ways. But I just want some music that's going to match the energy that I have, right? Yeah. I don't know when I would listen to the Gin Blossoms ever again <laughs> to match energy that I have. Just if I want to think nothing, maybe. <laughs> this is nice background music, basically. Uh, Something like that, yeah. If we could get this in an all-instrumental version and just tone down the intensity a little. <laughs> it's one of those you hear it in an elevator. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. what that was. That's Allison yep. Road. 
Um, anyway, uh, Tupac's I Get Around is on this chart. Tupac. Yeah. Love Tupac. <laughs> I, just like every California resident, I think I was handed a CD when I turned a certain age. I don't even remember how old that was. But just all of a sudden it became like, of course I have Tupac, All Eyes on B. Who doesn't? Yeah, see. <laughs> I also have the new Sublime album. Yeah, he just died. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right around that time, everyone had the Sublime album. Yep. And see, you grew up on that stuff. I grew up on, um, well, see, in the South, you get Leonard Skinner songbooks. You get Marshall Tucker songbooks. I had uh, NWA straight out of Compton uh, long ago. I mean, and yeah, me of all people having that record. But, you know. <laughs> Was that allowed? That was allowed in the South? Uh, yeah, actually. Oh. Amazingly so. And I also had Ice-T's uh, OG record, believe it or not. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, outing myself as an OG. Um, a <laughs> that's a good record, though, especially Midnight. Midnight's one of the best tracks he ever released, but I digress. <laughs> and now he does a reality show. <laughs> yeah, and he's... The, the aftermath of rappers is an entertaining thing, is it not? Yeah. Right? Are we there yet, Ice Cube? <laughs> yeah. Right, sitcom LL Cool J? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> old rappers don't die; they just go on to perform on cop shows. Ironically, mostly, I was gonna say like mostly the WB uh, or the CW or whatever those networks have you know kind of morphed into. Right? Well, is that fair? Yeah, it's it's a good thing Easy E didn't survive because he would have wound up on CSI and he would have been rapping about how I'm the police. That would have been really strange <laughs> to see that happen. I, you know, they would have wanted to give him a makeover or something, though, before they put him on TV, and that would have been weird. You know what I mean? We can't put you on with that hair, easy. Oh, speaking of, uh, and this is kind of digressing, but I'll make it quick. Was anything funnier in the early 90s and the, the feuds between, like, uh, NWA and Cube and Easy and Dre and uh, Dre and Easy and Dre and the rest of NWA? I mean, was anything funnier than that? I just thought you were going to start referring to the uh, the video, you know, Dr. Dre's <laughs> video with the fake easy in it. Dre you know, <laughs> Dancing, holding the sign at the end of the video. That was <laughs> fantastically funny. Um, no, it, it, okay, so they, they talked a lot of crap about each other on records. And then they went about their business. And then it kind of kicked up a few notches there. Uh, yeah, Easy E had the the ultimate hate record with uh, a, a song I can't say the title of on this podcast, but uh, that that pretty much threw down the gauntlet. Well, no, I was more referring to when Tupac and Biggie started getting shot. Oh well, yeah, there there was that. Yeah, that's kicking it up a notch. Well, of, of course, you know it's probably a good thing Easy E died the way he did because at least he didn't get capped in Las Vegas and they still haven't found his killer seventeen years later. That was a fight night. You know how are you supposed to see all the people around? <laughs> Um, Aerosmith's Crying is on this list, and that's more noted for having an underage Liv Tyler in the video than anything else. Yes, it was. But uh, we, we, won't, we won't incriminate ourselves by saying anything. Well, when further. I was in high school, that was fine. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine there. I mean, age of consent and all, but... Right. Um, Mariah Carey's Dream Lover was on this list, which is probably the last thing she did before, uh, <laughs> before Jay-Z corrupted her career. Well, you know... Uh... I guess if you wanted to see her on a fake jet ski, then you were happy about where her career <laughs> headed after this. And uh, the number one song on this list that I didn't want to spoil for you because I knew you'd have comment, Billy Joel's The River of Dreams. That's your number one song? <laughs> really? See, 
I don't know what it is about Billy Joel being the last song said to me uh, when it comes to a the other uh, the other example wasn't a list, but it's a good enough story um, in my opinion. Okay, probably yeah. So I'm sure you're well aware of the Century Club drinking game. I am. Yeah. Take a shot of beer every minute for a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like a lot of beer, but it ended up being I don't know ten and a half or eleven. I think I don't remember exactly. I got kind of intoxicated. However, my friend John was in a fraternity at the time, okay. and they had made a tape where the song would change every minute. Okay. And then when you got to the end of side one, you'd flip it over immediately to side two, press play, and there you go. So that way you would know when you had to drink. And he warned me. He said, look, once we get into this after a ways, you're going to think the songs change a lot sooner than a minute. But they really are a minute. You're just getting drunk. And I was, okay. So as we're going through this, the songs are changing every minute, you know, and it's entertaining. Oh, cool, that song's on, you know, yeah, it's great. And he kept saying, just wait to hear the last song, man. Just wait to hear the last song. I'm like, well, what is it? And he's like, well, I'm not going to say, you just got to make it to the end, man. It's great, last song. I'm like, okay. And the last song was Piano Man. Really? Really? And, you know, my drunk friend was just kind of, like, all happy here at Piano Man for some reason. And I'm just going, like, this is what I waited for, Piano Man? No one waits for Piano Man. <laughs> Piano Man waits for no man. Really quickly, I'll, I'll say this as rapidly as I can, just to make you feel even older. The top five songs of this week in 1983. Mm. Uh, Michael Jackson's Human Nature, number five. Uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, number four, which was much funnier by the Dan Band and also the literal video version of it. Uh, Michael Cimbello's Maniac was number three. Ouch. Um, I suddenly, <laughs> I want to lean back in a chair and pull water down on myself. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, Billy Joel's Tell Her About It was number two. Man, he was all over September it, years ago. <laughs> and then you said somehow for a whole morning people wanted to listen to you while I was you know, somewhere for someone's birthday party. That was no fun. How do you keep ending up where I am? And I just like, I'm cool with you, dude. You know, <laughs> but you just keep like messing stuff up for me, Billy. Just I, like a tree guided the way of your car. Oh, 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 that's a little much. I'm, I'm still reminded of, yeah, I'm still reminded of Marshall. It was, on, it was uh, a little much. Yeah. Or is it a house? It was a house was, actually. Okay. So I, my uh, bad. I'm I'm reminded of Marshall on How I Met Your Mother, where he's talking about some girl that he he fell in love with and how he had all this this stuff in common with her, and he said she likes Billy Joel and I like music. <laughs> uh, and uh, number one thirty years ago, and I feel ashamed to be saying this was, and it was their first week at number one, Men Without Hats, the Safety Dance. Song still gets plenty of play today. Yeah, it does, and I still get just as uh, bothered by it now as I ever did. Well, then that's that's pretty unfortunate if you're bothered by it. Um, <laughs> on to stupid criminals, because we have to talk about that part of the program, or stupid people to begin with. Um, this next story... We should clarify that it's stupid people other than ourselves. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, okay. that goes without saying we humiliate right. ourselves for 47 minutes of this show. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether this is a... Actually, the next story is probably more of a Buddy Lee Phillips story than this one is, so I'll, I'll just go ahead and read it straight. I had this on Sports Matters, so if you listen to Sports Matters, you know I didn't get a chance to quiz you about it, uh, so we'll go back over it with you. Ex-NRL player Anthony Watts has reportedly been handed an eight-match ban for biting an opponent's penis during a local rugby league final on the Gold Coast of Australia. 
Look, I'm all for trying to gain an edge as an athlete. <laughs> I think this might have crossed the line. We've heard if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, it's not if you don't bite the opponent's penis, you're not trying, okay? <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. Uh, Watts, not true. Yeah. Watts face Especially a- when you're trying to get into the chase. I, I mean, NASCAR, <laughs> you know, you finished fifth all year and you're the champion, right? So Yeah, and you end up having you know, 12 and a half hour races at Chicago, but we won't go into that. Um, Watts faced a Gold Coast Tweed Rugby League judiciary hearing on Tuesday night on a contrary conduct charge. The ex-Sydney Rooster, that's ironic, and North Queensland player was accused of biting a rival player during the Tagoon Seahawks preliminary final over the Balambal Jets on 1 September. On 1 September. Yeah. Uh, the, how do you spell Balambal? Uh, it is B-I-L-A-M-B-I-L. That's that's very that's intriguing. You know, normally I don't think of city names or some or team names is intriguing too much. Balambal, okay. It's like Tagoon. Right. Tagoon is the same way. T U G U N. All right. <laughs> Wacky Aussies. Yeah, former criminals and stuff. That's not a city name. This is a city name. Anyway. Uh, that's a city name. Yes. News Corp Australia says Watts has been banned for eight matches after being found guilty of the offense, and reports his lawyer Mark Williams had confirmed the ban. Video footage of the incident shows the Jets player reeling in pain after clashing with Watts near the goal line. He then quickly, and this is where I I kind of uh, break from his side a little bit. He then quickly pulled down his shorts to show the damage to a referee who immediately placed Watts on report. Yeah, I think that that would be a reason to. Eject the guy, if there ever was one. <laughs> you know what, pal? <laughs> you bit his schlong. You're out of here. <laughs> it's just... Things referees should never have to say. I just... Yeah, that's amazing. The uh, Queensland Rugby League is expected to make a statement on the incident on Wednesday. Watts had already been found guilty of striking his opponent and was ruled out of last week's Bycroft Cup grand, grand final win by the Seahawks. It's the latest in a series of incidents for Watts, who has admitted to joining the Fink's bike gang since moving to Australia. Last week, he was fined for driving while suspended, and in June, he was convicted and fined for a fray following a brawl at the Cooley Rocks Nostalgia Festival. The Fink's biker gang? Yeah, I I don't know what the hell that is. (laughs) Um, Inner tubes, give me information, please. He's had a really rough go of it. He's he's joined a biker gang. He's gotten into a brawl, and he's gotten uh, charged with driving while suspended. Which is the way that they say it makes it sound like in his car instead of sitting in a seat, there's stuff hanging from the roof of his car that he straps himself into in order to drive. <laughs> well, <laughs> to uh, to go back to the musical charts that we were referencing earlier, I guess. Uh, you know, he the reason he did it was because Mama cooked a breakfast with no hog. <laughs> Sorry, that's to. quite possible. That's very possible. So, um, this story should I read it in Buddy Lee Phillips' voice? It's it's a South Carolina story. I'll let you decide. Well, if Mister Lee Phillips is here and available, I, I always feel bad not making use of his fine vocal well, talent. Yeah. Sorry. Let's uh, let's go ahead and call him in here for this one. So uh, we'll uh, we'll give him a minute to gather himself. Yeah, I just you know what I I I just am so curious to know what Buddy Lee Phillips thinks about avoiding gluten and trying to just maybe go with some things like pasta or breads. If he's hopefully he's in the room, can hear me talking about pasta and bread. Maybe using quinoa as a base uh, instead of something that's got gluten in it. You know, have you ever tried that, Mister Lee Phillips? What the hell are you talking about quinoa for? Damn hippie, America. 
Yes. So what is happening in South Carolina, Mr. Lee Phillips, now that I'm, I'm a hippie America? You, uh, you sure you want to ask about that? I think so. I think I do. I'm sure it involves tobacco. I think that's all the st- things that you people do in that state. Well, uh, while you, uh, while you go beat off to some, uh, you know, some, some Enya video or something. Hey, I have uh, hot yoga in, in about a half hour, so can we wrap it up? Or? Hey, uh, sure. <laughs> hey, uh, a North Charleston woman's accused of wielding a knife in her assault on her roommate after he refused to stop listening to rock music by the Eagles on Monday night. Come on, man, it's the Eagles. Don't hate on Don Henley, damn. Now, um, hmm. so I guess that, well, let's hear a little bit more of the story, but it sounds like whoever uh, was responsible for beating up the Eagles listener probably is also a big Lebowski fan. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, Vernet Bader, 54, of Brossy Circle. Vernet? Vernet, V-E-R-N-E-T-T. Uh, Bader, hey. 54, of Brossy Circle, is charged with criminal domestic violence of a high and aggravated nature. So he was high when he committed the domestic violence? Uh, I don't know, but he should have been. I mean, who the hell listens to the Eagles without getting high? Okay. All right. That's fair. I uh, guess you could say she's a, a witchy woman. Oh. hey I see what you did there. See me wow. working. Wow. Uh, North, yes. North Charleston police, I know them quite well, actually, responded to uh, Bader's home late Monday concerning a reported stabbing. An incident report states the uh, woman's 64-year-old roommate was nursing stab wounds to his arm, hand, and elbow, police said. The, uh, the wounded man told police that Bader grew angry with him while he was listening to the Eagles and watching TV with his brother. Bader told her roommate she didn't want to listen to the band. He responded by telling her to shut the hell up, the report states. That's a good man right there. Uh, Bader grabbed a serrated knife from a kitchen drawer and swung it at the man, police said. When the uh, two men wrestled the knife away from Bader, she went back into the kitchen and found another, the report states. Uh, police said Bader admitted she stabbed her roommate, but alleged she did so out of self-defense because he was choking her. That's some bull right there. Whoa. And again, I'd, I'd choke her if she didn't like the Eagles. America. I, mean, I have a feeling that when the cops arrived and she tried to tell this story to them, he just said, look, there ain't no way to hide your lion eyes. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to stab somebody when you got a peaceful, easy feeling. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> How can you not like the Eagles? I mean, hell, Eagles, just the band name. Merck. <laughs> uh, going on, uh. I don't know, though. If, if your stab wound is bad enough, I don't know if love will keep you alive. <laughs> Damn it, you made me break. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's see here. Uh, investigators uh, did not see any marks or injuries on her neck, according to the report. Of course they didn't. Smart man chokes with a glove on. Uh, all three people were intoxicated when the stabbing occurred, police said. Damn right they were intoxicated. It's the only way to listen to the Eagles. Didn't I just say that? Yeah. We've covered that. Uh, Bader was held at the Charleston County Jail. Hope he didn't take my cell. I got my own place down there. Tuesday pending a bond hearing. <laughs> and then when he was finally told that, uh, I bet when the gentleman was told that he could leave, you know, and the woman was booked, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. They didn't bother to tell us the rest of the details. Uh, yeah, that seems like a woefully incomplete story now that we've kind of gone gone through. I, I thought that was just a, kind of a place for me to comment, Mr. Lee Phillips, not the end. But uh, I am going to guess that when he was told he could leave by the police, he was told, I'm already gone. No? Okay. Uh, we tried. Yeah. One too, one too many? <laughs> he, uh, he had talked about whenever she got home, and he said there's going to be a headache tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a headache tonight. 
Because, see, he's going to punch her in the head, you see. Oh, I, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Had to explain that for these people listening to the program who might not be familiar with the way that roommate operations normally work. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we could get some insight from you, uh, not only on the way that uh, roommate situations work, but also uh, about your love for the, for the Eagles in America. Well, I mean, like I said, it's right there in the name. We, we love Eagles and we love America. If you don't love right. Eagles and love America, get the hell out. Fair enough. I think that's fair. Uh, well, you're not no judge of who's fair. I'll be the judge of who's fair. <laughs> I, right, I was on the side of the people who fought for this damn country. My, my ancestors came over here and kicked them sorry bastards out of this country and took it over. You understand me? I do. My family didn't drive no damn Prius. Hmm. That's they weren't around back then. Then, then again, I drive a Toyota truck, so I can't really say much. Mm. Anyway, I got suckered well, by the damn foreigners. Well, I, you know, I am happy, uh, buddy, that you were able to stop by, and you know, uh, I just want to say to you, uh, you know, as you're taking off, namaste. Yeah, go to hell. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Buddy Lee Phillips. There he is, Buddy Lee Phillips. Everybody, glad he could stop by on the program. Uh, he takes a lot out of you. He really does. He does. He does. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy I was able to wish him namaste. <laughs> See, to him, namaste is probably a strip club or something. Might be. It might be one of those really exotic strip clubs. I, I don't really know what that means. It just seems like it could be something like that to him. <laughs> one of those exotic strip clubs? Aren't they all exotic strip clubs? No, they're, no, they're really not. They're really not. Um, in my limited experience, I, I could even tell you that no, they're really not. Well, see, for him, an exotic strip club is somebody probably you know pouring a can of Beast over their chest or something while they ride around on the stage. It's pretty exotic to him. That would be, you know, if you could combine a mechanical bull and and stripping, I think that probably would be a huge money maker. <laughs> a mechanical bull, PBR, and stripping in the same place. Right. That's, uh, that's where you'll find Buddy Lee Phillips. It, it reminds me, actually, uh, quickly of a story from a, from a uh, fellow journalist who told me one time that the, the Internet in his room wasn't working, so he couldn't file his story. So he went just basically around the block to the strip club down the street, sat in their parking lot, got on their Wi-Fi, and filed his game story from a strip club parking lot. All right. That's really not where I thought the story was going <laughs> uh, when you said the Internet in his room wasn't working. Well, um, yeah. Uh, and you said that he went down the street to a strip club to do it. I just pictured him firing up the laptop at the bar and, like, girls coming over and trying to offer up dances and stuff and him having to just, no, I'm just trying to finish my story for work. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? You need well, to relax, sweetie. <laughs> well, I mean, while while he's finishing up his story for work, he has to get 50-cent wings and two-for-one PBR, so. Well, you know, I, I got to say, um, that's not... Uh, as again, very limited in my experience when it comes to the the gentlemen's clubs. But uh, if you're getting fifty cent wings and two for one PBR, uh, I would be stunned because uh, they always tell me that I need to buy a drink there of some sort, even though they don't serve booze. And you get a bottle of water, and it's like twenty three dollars. <laughs> See, probably what he was doing was they were coming up to him and ask, asking him if he wanted to dance, and he's like pulling up stuff on his laptop. Like, can you do that? If you can do can, that, then sure. If you can't, yeah. Can we reenact one of that scene from Go when we go in the back room and I pull a gun on somebody and they're like, no? All right. <laughs> Either that or the uh, 
this scene in not another teen movie where uh <laughs> she uh she tells the the guy what she wants him to do on her chest yes well, that might that would get a reaction from people whether it's the reaction you want to have i don't know by the way that is an underrated movie man why does nobody ever talk about not another teen movie anymore that movie's great i think it's funny uh i've shown it to a couple other people who've looked at me like i have about four heads for thinking it's funny oh you do have four heads but that's a whole other subject five five heads uh no peyton not not quite oh well at least just i've been able to clear up the forehead beard so (laughs) so uh it appears as though we've reached the end of the road for this week so before we wind down the program for the evening and don't we have to wrap up our giant question we never actually answered i was about to ask you to do that so uh (laughs) let's let's go ahead and bring that to a close since we talked about everything just about but age so uh, i will turn the floor back to you to let you uh, offer your genius insight on the subject Absolutely. It is truly genius insight. The thing that I don't understand about the way that people view age in this country is the fact that, I don't know, at least my whole life, there's been part of me that's thinking, look, once you get older, this will make more sense. Once you get older, this will make more sense. It'll be easier to do this when you're older. And that hasn't necessarily been the case at all. Uh, there are still plenty of times where I feel just as unsure about what I need to be doing next as I did when I was 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, see, that's the thing. Things don't become more readily apparent to you as you as you get older. People say, well, you know, you can call on your experience and everything else. And, you know, you may have experienced something when you were 16. You may not experience something for the first time until you're 44. So, Well, I was just more meaning the fact that the, the idea of being grown up is one that's become more and more amusing to me as I get older because I don't feel like I'm more grown up. It's like those old T-shirts, you know, the the uh, growing up is ma- or growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I hope whatever corporate convention uh, bought those in bulk for their employees really enjoyed that T-shirt. <laughs> Gosh, that's just so. Awful. That's like something you'd see in a country store on the side of a road somewhere, pretty much, is, is where that comes from. Tourist t-shirt shop. <laughs> yeah, you, you see that. Anywhere. When, <laughs> you see that when, when you walk into somebody's house and, you know, they've got, like, all these signs with funny sayings up on the wall and all this stuff, like, uh, you, you know, uh, my, my son and my money go to Georgetown or whatever else, and, you know, you see that hanging on their wall, too. It was it was pretty amusing though, and uh, not far from my my house the other day, I saw an SUV uh, with a Duke Lacrosse bumper sticker on it, and then the my son and my money go to Duke. And I just feel like you know, maybe in light of recent events, you just reconsider how you approach that entire back windshield. Is it uh, is it bad form to suggest that they probably got raped on the price of that sticker? Oh, hey oh, <laughs> sorry. I find I'm apologizing way too much on this program for uh, well, considering we're not supposed to be apologizing for anything. Whatever. What yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. Tough. You know, I guess we do have scruples after all. Maybe that's what we've had this podcast uh, to to figure out. We do have some scruples. I have scruples along with categories and monopoly. And, uh, oh, okay. Have you missed your true calling of writing kitsch? <laughs> I'm writing jokes for my dad in my in my spare time. <laughs> Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Nah, uh, well, maybe not. They're just bad puns and wordplay. That's that's really all that your dad. That's that's, that's your dad's wheelhouse yeah, when it comes to joke delivery. But in talking about our big question today, it, I just think age is look from a health standpoint, 
There are certain places you could use as kind of checkpoints, like, hey, when you're this age, maybe you should get something checked out. All right, that kind of stuff seems like it could be useful. But restricting what you do based on how old you are seems like a completely ridiculous thing. There are going to be enough other things in your life that can completely restrict what you do, okay? And I was lucky enough that my girlfriend and I were able to take a vacation to Indonesia earlier this year, which was fantastic. And, you know, uh, we believe that we could have a future together. And we wanted to be able to take a big vacation like that because we see that, you know, a few years down the road, there's potentially uh, an issue where we have a family to think about. And if, you know, and if we have a kid, then we're not going to be taking vacations to Indonesia. Oh, but why not? So, uh, well, I don't think the baby would do great on the 14 <laughs> hours of flying there. That's just a first thought. Uh, but there are some others, but, but we'll just keep moving forward with it. But the thing that, that really, you know, we were thinking was look, we can do this now. And later on, we may have made another choice that would prevent us from taking a trip like this. Okay. That's great. But it wasn't going to be something like, Oh, wait a second. I'm 37 now. I don't think I can go. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I actually know a couple of people that are married to each other, thankfully. And, um, you know, the, the, the woman is 40 and was thinking about having a kid and she was talking to her mom about, you know, possibly having a kid because she got married late in life too. And her mom told her, no, you shouldn't have a kid at this age because kids born to mothers over 40 come out deformed. And I'm just like, what? Wow. Come out deformed. That's, that's kind of amazing. Um, you know, from a health standpoint, I can understand the issue when it comes to starting a family, especially. Okay, sure. and I get that. That makes that that's something that makes sense to me. And if you want to say that it's due to age, that I, I feel like you're kind of missing the point. It's just saying, look, if you do this when you're younger, your body is in better shape usually, and this is going to produce healthier offspring. That seems like a completely worthwhile consideration. Well, but I feel. But but you see what I'm I mean really more that I'm saying like oh I can't go this to this place anymore because I feel I'm too old to go there yeah true I hear that a lot especially living in Pacific Beach like I did oh once you hit thirty you got to get out of Pacific Beach if you tell anyone you're over thirty in Pacific Beach that uh, you get laughed at why <laughs> you got me over here moving to the beach when you get older is you know a a status symbol essentially well um, I don't know I mean there's no section or neighborhood near the beach in South Carolina that would be more for the college crowd? Um, surprisingly, not really. Mo mostly oh, because okay. sections near the beach in South Carolina are mostly full of money. Right. There are plenty. There, there definitely are those in San Diego as well. However, uh, Pacific Beach seems to be the place where uh, a lot of the younger crowd, it seems to be a logical progression for a lot of people that go to San Diego State where they go to San Diego State, they live in the doors, dorms early on, they live near campus for the, you know, for their, uh, you know, while they're doing, knocking out their major, uh, you know, for the, the, the three years of uh, junior and senior year. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, not only do we need that extra year on the undergrads, or, you know, the, the underclassmen stuff, we need the extra year for major too, because every class is impacted and we are partying. So... <laughs> You live, you live near campus, and then either as you get towards the end of your college life or once you graduate, a lot of people end up moving to Pacific Beach. 
I know because I did that. And then I stayed there for about six years. And then I started to move to North Pacific Beach because it was quieter and more families. And then now I'm currently living about five minutes north of there, uh, which is a, a far more um, uh, affluent neighborhood, which is why we, you know, we had to like search forever in order to be able to move here to find that one place that was <laughs> crazily undervalued. But anyway, I digress. Uh, a lot of people view this as like being on some sort of path or I can't believe, you know, and I would get that a lot. Like, Oh man, aren't you 32 now? Why are you still living in PB? Really? I'm living near the beach. Isn't that just awesome? Well, see, I would say two things to that. First of all, everybody keeps talking about having a plan in life and you know, you should be at such and such, uh, by such and such age to me. And this is just me, but to me, life makes a lot more sense in reverse than it does as it happens. Because as you look back on everything, you start to see how everything falls into place and how, you know, this natural progression happened. But it doesn't make sense while it's going on. So the whole notion of having a plan while good is kind of silly. Uh, the other thing I would say, too, over here, if you go to certain clubs, they have this thing, you know, on certain nights where it's people who are 30 and over only who are allowed in the club and the tagline is grown and sexy. And my first thought is there's nothing sexier than menopause and prostate problems. I don't know. Joe Thigh has been telling me about what I can take for my prostate problems. It's pretty hot. <laughs> take super beta prostate. It keeps me from having to go every five minutes and I, I don't break my leg when I take it. Right, right. That's just the, not breaking your leg is a nice thing. Uh, yeah, but... No, to, uh, to answer your question, I mean, it's, I, I think you've said it the best. It, life makes a lot more sense in reverse. And when you listen to this program and think about that, you'll stop thinking so much about the age thing and start looking back at how everything fell into place. And, you know, maybe you'll stop worrying about these types of things so much. Yeah, I think that just, you know, hey, you need to do your thing. And even though R. Kelly w wrote this song uh, for Aaliyah because he was trying to, you know, get away with something illegal with her, uh, age really just is, you know, nothing but a number, so to speak. I mean, as corny as it sounds, it really is true. It's like, look, if you want to pretend that you're older or younger than you are, that's fine. But mainly it's just, hey, what do you feel is the, the right thing for you to do right now? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what other people are telling you about that. And that's a common theme with a lot of things. But it's amazing how much people let age get in their head. And, and it's something that's been kind of rattling around in my brain the last few days. Wait, uh, Piss on You wasn't the song you wrote for her about that? No, I don't think I don't. He didn't write that song for her. That was someone else. Anyway, he's Ed Barnes. I'm Brian Wilmer. Uh, <laughs> you've been listening to Did That Make Air. Let's get out of here as quickly as, you, as we can. Uh, Especially on that note. At Did That Make Air on Twitter, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. This has been episode number three. You'll see the name when we post it. We'll see you back here next week. Until then, uh, please don't piss on somebody and write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs>